This is the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Red Sign Podcast. I'm Clay Winder here to talk about student housing. And specifically, let's talk about BYU off-campus student housing. There's been a big announcement here in the last couple of weeks that uh, is big if you are an investor that has student housing units and obviously around BYU. And uh, it's worth talking about because it's, it's, it's fairly dramatic. Uh, for the rest of you, I still want to talk about uh, just student housing in general. I get that question a lot, you know, pros and cons with student housing. Is it nice to have students or not? I personally have rentals with uh, students and deal with some of the challenges. Usually it's just simply the challenges of, of uh, I don't want to call them immature, but maybe just a little uh, new to life. They don't know how to maintain the properties quite as well as somebody with little life experience and require maybe a little more hand-holding on how to live on their own, especially these young, fresh, these freshmen that are, that are 18 and just left the nest. Nothing like calling on an application to their parents saying, hey, were they a good tenant when they lived with you? And I say that not jokingly, my producer, Caitlin's looking at me right now. And yes, we actually do. Uh, I usually do. I will call the parents. If I'm their first landlord ever and I don't have references, I will absolutely call mom and dad and say, hey, if they don't make payment or they mess up my property, I'm calling you. You okay with that? And I usually get a thumbs up. But let's talk about BYU housing. So BYU housing, for those of you not familiar with it, most college campuses have on-campus and off-campus housing. Some universities and colleges require that undergrad students or at least freshman students live in some sort of on-campus housing or approved housing. So this isn't as foreign as some people think, but BYU does have an extreme form of it. Uh, in short, people just reference BYU housing. If you were here in the area and you, you referenced BYU housing, they would know and assume that what you're talking about is the off-campus BYU undergrad approved housing. And that's confusing. What it means is BYU years ago, and I don't even know when it started, it's honestly before my time, they essentially uh, laid out some requirements and they said all single, so not married, all single BYU students that are undergrads have to live in BYU approved housing which of course on-campus housing is BYU approved. But if you're off-campus housing, it has to be quote unquote <clears throat> BYU approved housing. And that had a list of standards. Standard number one, which is the most probably controversial is they literally drew a geographic line, a bubble. They have a geographic boundary around BYU and only housing within that boundary uh, can even apply uh, to be BYU housing, which is interesting because I've had a house right outside the BYU bubble line. So I never dealt with BYU housing and it actually did just fine because I had a lot of singles that wanted to be part of the BYU scene, but didn't want to have to be held accountable to the BYU housing standards. Those other standards get a little funny. That's where you get like the jokes about BYU and BYU housing. Um, there's some good things too to prevent some landlord abuse like ample parking, um, um, kind of your, even some of your city requirements like fire extinguishers and, and, and just safety issues. But then they go into like some morality things. I know it's kind of funny, but you remember BYU is a Brigham Young University is a privately owned Christian school. And they said these undergrads, the singles, that's why it doesn't apply to married students. They can live anywhere. They can live BYU uh, married students can literally live anywhere. But if you're single, 
uh, you need to be in BYU housing. Uh, and the funniest rule, of course, that, that many know about is the threshold rule. There is a line in every BYU house uh, that uh, the opposite gender when visiting can't cross. It's like back to the bedrooms, you know, so they can come hang out in the living room, they can come hang out in, uh, uh, in, in the dining room, but they can't cross through that uh, celestial veil line. I don't know. There's a lot of jokes about that yeah. threshold line. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, and, and, I've, and I've been part of that where I've been visiting and I've had to use the restroom. And guess what? Uh, unless you're visiting some, some girls that are a little bit willing to break that rule, you literally have to go like knock on a dude's dorm room or a, a, a male unit and say, hey, can I use your bathroom? Because I can't cross that threshold line. So it's kind of goofy, but we get why, you know, it's a Christian school. They're trying to promote morality and, and, uh, and take care of, you know, and, and teach these kids some, some, uh, I guess, practical standards on their living quarters. Now, so why am I talking about this? Uh, again, this podcast is geared toward investors. Well, I do get the question all the time. Uh, is it a good idea to buy BYU housing? What are the pros and cons? The quick and short answer to that is yes, it can be good because you get, uh, you, you get BYU students. If you are not BYU approved, you do not get BYU single students. So it's, it's a matter of preference. Do you want to only be able to get these BYU students or do you want to have the ability to get everybody else? Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. I personally have chosen not to participate in BYU housing because I didn't want to jump through these hoops. And so the house that I bought, and again, I chased the deal, not necessarily the location, but I got a deal. It was literally on 300 South and the border is Center Street, which is zero, right, uh, in Provo. And so I was three blocks to South, so I couldn't even apply for it anyway. But like I said, I got a lot of singles still were my primary uh, applicant because they wanted to still be part of the kind of that young single scene, um, but they weren't BYU students. They were just working professionals and, and wanted to hang out there. So I have done just fine. I didn't have to pay the yearly application fee. And again, jump through these hoops and kind of enforce some of these hoops. Uh, on the flip side, I have represented clients that love the BYU housing requirements. It, it, it allows them to have a, a more, um, in their mind, a, a safe, I shouldn't say a safer, but maybe a little more tidy of a unit because there are some additional standards to just normal city code and city ordinances. Uh, these students and their tenants also have to live to the BYU honor code. Um, so you don't have drinking, you don't have smoking, you don't have all of the things that are part of the honor code going on in your property. So in their mind, they love it. Also, there's a lot of parents that buy these units for their kids when they go to BYU, which is a fantastic idea, of course. Why have your kids rent, especially if you've got multiple kids that are all going to BYU? So my primary clients that are bought there have their kids and their kids have their friends and everybody, they all want to pile in these houses. Now, a parent, this is just a asterisk, if a parent owns a property and it's not within BYU housing, the kid can get what's called a waiver and live there. They can do that, but their friends can't. So if the friend, if, if they want all their friends to, that are also BYU single students to live with them, it has to be BYU approved. So that's why I've had so many parents and investors buy is more or less to accommodate the lifestyle and the, the, not just for their kids, but for their friends. So what's this big announcement that just changed? So here, just within the last little bit, BYU made a very significant announcement regarding this, but there's two parts to it that can't get swept under the rug. The very first big part is they said, this no longer applies to all undergraduates, uh, all single BYU undergraduate. It actually only applies to students during their first and second semester. 
It's like their first year. So this is a little more consistent with what you see at other universities where they say, hey, if you're a freshman, you got to be an on-campus. They just want to kind of you know, keep those chicks closer to the nest, I guess, as, as these kids are growing up and maturing and learning. So that that's pretty consistent with, with what's out there, which is interesting because now once you've had those two semesters, now you can live wherever. But there's another side to the coin. And if I'm wrong on this, BYU, and you're listening, call me. But we've read the news. We've read, I, I read directly from the website, the, the FAQs, everything. But it sounds like uh, this is what's a, a, a change that I don't think a lot of investors are aware of and need to. But before you could be BYU housing, but a non-BYU student could live there as long as they lived by the standards and they did the honor code and they, they, uh, you know, they were consistent with BYU housing. Now, if I'm reading it correct, you can't do that. You can only have active BYU students in the home, in the property. You can't mix anymore. And that's just in the bubble though, right? Just in that bubble. Yeah. If it meets all the other standards, um, they, uh, you just, you can't mix again. I've read the, I've read everywhere I can, and that's what it's saying. Mm -hmm. So if I'm wrong, somebody call me out, but that would influence me as an investor because now it really is a, a harder line where it's, it's, it's kind of all or nothing. Either you are BYU single students. And here's the thing. I, I, if I read it right, you can sell other BYU students that are past that two semesters. So say they're more of a, you know, a, a sophomore, junior, a senior, um, still living, they can certainly still live in BYU uh, housing. But what you can't have now is that random UVU student that goes to, you know, uh, Utah Valley University across the way, living with a bunch of uh, BYU students. I know, that's what I read. So correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm hearing. So if that's the if that's the case, and they're doing surveys right now, so this could change because none of this goes into effect until fall 2022. So a year from now, this is when it goes into effect. So they're going to do surveys all through the fall. They want to know which, um, especially the big complexes, obviously, which are going to participate, which are going to bow out. And I think they're kind of waiting to see how the market reacts to this announcement. And I assume that if a lot of people say, peace out, we don't want to just be only strictly BYU students, then maybe they modify that rule. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine that they're giving themselves some slack to, to make some changes. But again, let's we're wearing our investor hat here. So would I want to invest there? Maybe, especially if one of my kids or, or somebody I know can kind of be an on-site manager and live in it and really wants to create that scene. That could be a great investment. You don't have to worry too much about these kids. Again, you don't have the alcohol parties that you see in other student housing that can lead to holes in the walls and noise complaints and and violations of, of different different things. Not to say BYU students don't party, but certainly not like the UVU students, right, everybody? You know what I'm talking about. Um, but on the flip side, there might be a level of, I just don't want to monkey around with it. There's enough population here. There's enough other students. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. And maybe you say, hey, and this is kind of me personally talking is, I don't want those dang 18-year-old freshmen those first two semesters. So I'd rather just do a normal unit without the BYU freshman, you know, approved off-campus housing and just get a little more mature students and be able to mix them, have BYU and UVU, which by the way, I have had, well, I've had pretty much only UVU. I've only had one BYU student. It was a, it was a relative and I can't even remember how they got the waiver, but it didn't last long either way. But, uh, you know, that allows to kind of have a mixed bag. Right now I do have multiple units with students 
Um, in fact, one has two students and one graduated person. There's three single gals and they are wonderful. They, they, they do great with the property. And they usually, when you have three singles, you can also, as you can hear on, I think two or three episodes back, uh, the power of getting a lot more in rents when you do rent per room instead of per unit. And so you can still take advantage of that. So that's BYU housing in a nutshell. Uh, if you do want to pursue BYU housing, call us. We know what we're talking about. Like we said, we've sold lots of units we've, we, that are in BYU housing. We can walk you through the application process. Um, it does get a little tricky. Student housing in general, I will just add this asterisk too for investors. One thing that blindsides a lot of new investors, they're not aware that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the, the normal conforming loans that are backed by the government will not allow a condo to be financed if more than 50% of the complex is rented. They want at least 50% occupancy. Well, when it comes to student housing, it is like 100% rented. There, there are no owner occupants. There might be one or two. And specifically, I think of Belmont. South Provo, Belmont is a super popular place. It's for off-campus housing. And they've always waffled on the line. There actually are a lot of students because I've sold them condos that are a little more savvy. And they say, hey, I don't want my parents to buy this. I want to buy this. Like I want to be the investor, which, which I love. I love doing that. And I've sold lots of those. It's fun to see those guys. So you only get a few owner-occupied. But even in Belmont, because there are so much student housing and because they're way past the 50% is rented, you can't get normal financing. So investors, keep in mind, if you pursue student housing, you're really your only option are what we call portfolio loans. These are usually local banks that have come in and they've underwritten a loan specifically for a complex. Just here in the last 90 days, we've sold two Lanai condos. Lanai is kind of an, an, a higher end. I would almost put it in kind of the more luxury student housing for BYU. It is BYU housing. It's BYU approved and they're privately owned condos. But because it's 100% filled, both of those units um, we had to get portfolio loans. Actually, I think they closed one with cash, the other one they got a loan, but they have to get these portfolio loans where these local banks have come in and they've just made their own rules. So it's like 35% down instead of normal 20% and they, they never sell the loan. It stays with that bank and they service the loan for as long as you, you have the loan. So keep that in mind that it does get a little trickier to pursue student housing. But again, the big pro with student housing is you, you don't have a whole lot of vacancy. If you, if you work the semesters and you, you know, get part of the student pool, get on the BYU list, because a lot of these students will just go to BYU and say, what's the list of approved off-campus housing? And they pick you. I mean, it's, it has some, some benefits, but you got to jump through hoops once a year. They, do, they send out an inspector once a year to make sure that you have the little threshold that we talked about, to make sure you have some of those safety items. And so this is on top of city ordinance that BYU will do that. What am I missing? BYU housing. It's a, it's, it's a unique thing. And this is the only university in Utah that has this kind of requirement, uh, at least certainly to this extent. Uh, the other uh, uh, church campuses and things that they have don't quite, quite have this. And I don't know. I, I know Idaho and the other BYUs certainly do. But here in Utah, this is kind of the main one here in Provo. Hopefully this was useful. Uh, if you haven't already, you guys subscribe. That way our episodes pop up. I'll always keep them short and sweet. That way you can get your investor tips, uh, hopefully during your commute and you, you can continue to grow. Yeah. And write us a review. We'd love that. This will help get word out. Thanks everybody. Have an awesome week. You've been listening to the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. See you next time.